This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. A special session is being called within the Alabama legislature this week. Governor Ivey issued the proclamation for a special session on Tuesday afternoon with the purpose of appropriating funds from the American Rescue Plan. The session now starts today, January 19th. The governor says she's urging state lawmakers to use those federal funds for some of the biggest challenges here in Alabama, such as broadband connectivity, water and sewer infrastructure, as well as assisting nursing homes and hospitals affected by the COVID-19 outbreak. There have been rumors and suggestions for a bill that would repeal the state sales tax on groceries. Now State Representative Mike Holmes of Wetumpka is announcing that he will lead the charge and introduce that bill that removes the tax on meat, eggs, milk, and other food items. Holmes told 1890 News that he already has 12 co-sponsors to the bill, and he believes he'll have double that number by the time it enters the legislative process. When asked what revenues the food tax brings into the state, Holmes says that's about $600 million. When it comes to making up for the revenue loss, Holmes says he wants to just cut the budget and reduce state spending so that loss is not felt. Minority Leader Anthony Daniel of Huntsville says that his caucus is totally supportive of the whole grocery tax repeal. Earlier this week, the Daily Detail did a story about the record-breaking budget that's being proposed by Governor Ivey. I was able to talk to two members of the Alabama Policy Institute about the $8 billion budget for education in the state and the roughly $2 billion budget for the general fund. Justin Bogey and Parker Snyder came into studio to discuss. So I got both of you in because you both have hands-on experience with studying this education trust fund, right, and the state general fund. Alabama is unique in that it has two separate budgets. So it has one budget for everything education-related and then a separate budget for basically everything else, Department of Corrections, uh, mental health, you know, any, anything that's not included in that education category. So that's a little bit distinct from other states. Most of Alabama's revenues are earmarked for either one of those funds for education or for the general fund. There's only a small portion of Alabama's budget that's uh, kind of available for either or. Um, So that also makes Alabama unique. Alabama has more earmarking than any other state in the country. Uh, According to research that we've done, about 90 percent of the state's budget is earmarked. So just a little background on that. And yes, um, the, the governor has introduced her budget proposal, not the final budget that will be voted on, the House and Senate will tweak that a little bit, but it is another record budget, and by record we mean the largest budget ever. <clears throat> so every year this quadrennium, so since 2019, the budget that this current class of legislators inherited has been a record budget. It's grown every year. It's gotten bigger and bigger, um, and they're kind of painting this to be some great accomplishment that they're spending more and more money every year. Um, but in reality, they're also taking more money from uh, individuals of Alabama, citizens of Alabama, taxpayers to pay for those bigger budgets every year. And um, I guess the real question is, what are we getting for our money? They they tout the education budget growing, um, but we haven't seen better resu- results out of that. We're spending more now than we ever have before, and, and things really haven't changed. So there's a lot of questions that you know, just be, just because it's a record budget doesn't mean it's a good budget or it's really improving the lives of citizens. And there's a lot of questions that come up with that. Parker, I'm going to ask you, if we take all the education money in the budget that's proposed and we divvied it up among all the different families with school-aged children, any idea how much money is being sent or appropriated for individual families to have a fully educated 
child. Sure. Yeah. So for every student around $6,500, um, that's the most recent number goes to their education from the state. So one proposal that Alabama Policy Institute has been supportive of in the past is, you know, we send that money straight to a school, whether it's good school, bad school, whether the parent wants to be there, wants their kid to be there or not, because they're just zoned for that school. And often they're failing schools. And one of the proposals that we would like to see happen and we're hearing rumors of is going to be happening this session is to take that money that the state has set aside for that kid and instead let the parents decide, okay, we can use it for the public school if we really like our public school, or we could use it for this private academy down the street or even online tuition. Um, just ways to give parents more autonomy over their the money that they're sending down there. And, you know, of course, a lot of that money is not those parents necessarily sending down $6,500 getting it back, um, but it is more uh them giving the power to use the tax dollars that have been set aside for their kids. What are some questions that parents should be asking when they hear about these things like the record-breaking education fund? Well, I think in in general about these budgets, I, I, I would question, you know, putting record growth up as a good thing. We're, we're in kind of a strange time where we've gotten tons and tons of federal money that has aided these budgets in, in growing bigger and bigger. Eventually that money is going to dry up and we're going to be faced with a, a drop-off. So the question is, what happens then? Um, if the state's over-budgeting right now, then what happens when they have less money available? Um, but also... Um, in terms of the education budget, we're seeing we're spending all of this extra money. We haven't seen better results. So when is enough enough? You know, when is it time to look at other changes, whether it be educational choice or or making sure that we hire the right types of teachers or keep good teachers? Those those kinds of things. You know, is, that that to me is more important than just simply growing the budget and bragging about having the biggest budget ever. Yeah, on that note, I think we have a, a paradigm problem and like a way of understanding budgets that is not actually accurate because because when you're a small business owner you have like a record budget like people are excited because you have more money to give your employees you've been making revenue um, and your business is growing and a lot of the people that we elect to be representatives in montgomery have that same background so they're used to that and they want to expand their business and their business now is state government and what they forget is like it's not a good thing to expand state government. It's not a good thing to have record budgets in state government. But that's completely antithetical to the way the rest of us operate our lives. And maybe it's asking too much. I don't think it is. I think they know that it's not a good thing to be growing government. Yeah. Uh, but I think just paying attention to the fact that when they say record budgets, like that's what Justin said, record amounts of money they're taking from you and me. All right. Well, I thank you both very much for coming in and shedding some more light on this for me and for my listeners. Well, there's a new ticket system available through the State Tourism Office here in Alabama. It's an all-in-one ticket that would allow travelers and visitors to the state to gain admission to a variety of attractions in one region with only one purchase of a mobile ticket. There are six ticket packages created that are based on attractions within various regions here in Alabama, such as Huntsville, Birmingham, Montgomery, and the Florence Muscle Shoals area. A Gulf Coast package will also be introduced in the weeks ahead. The packages have a certain number of days for a tourist to visit multiple attractions within the area using their passport, which is lodged on their smartphone. The idea behind the whole program is to allow for a person to pay less and do more within a certain area of the state. There are also 39 various attractions here in Alabama that are willing to participate in this ticket program. You can find out more by going to the Alabama Department of Tourism website. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, Go to 1819news.com. In national news, the U.S. Supreme Court has declined to take up an emergency application that sought to block a federal mask mandate on airplanes. 
The plaintiff is a father who has an autistic son. The plaintiff argues that the two of them are medically incapable of wearing masks for long periods of times during a flight. The father appealed through Justice Neil Gorsuch, who represents the states where this man lives. Gorsuch then brought it before the full court. However, the application was rejected without comment. The state of West Virginia will be considering a 15-week abortion ban within the state legislature. Lawmakers there have introduced a bill that mirrors the abortion ban that has come out of Mississippi. The Mississippi law is currently before the U.S. Supreme Court, with oral arguments having been delivered at the end of 2021 and the final ruling on the issue to come out this summer. The West Virginia bill prohibits abortions from being performed after 15 weeks of pregnancy, except in cases of medical emergency or severe fetal abnormality. There are no exceptions for rape or incest. Current law in that state prohibits an abortion after 20 weeks. It also requires a 24-hour waiting period after state-directed counseling takes place with the pregnant female. Parents must be notified if that female is under the age of 18. Ghislaine Maxwell is no longer trying to protect the names of eight people involved with her sex trafficking activity with New York billionaire Jeffrey Epstein. Maxwell is willing to reveal the identities of eight John Doe's to the court after her attorney, Laura Menninger, sent a letter to the court expressing that Maxwell has no more objections to hiding their identities. That letter was issued on January 12th. The John Doe's were originally named in a 2015 defamation lawsuit from Epstein accuser Virginia Jeffrey. Maxwell was convicted a month ago of aiding and abetting Epstein in the trafficking and sexual abuse of underage girls. Maxwell is scheduled to be sentenced to prison this coming June. Well, remember the Freddie Gray death case out of Baltimore, Maryland? That happened back in 2015, and six police officers were charged with murder by the state attorney general, Marilyn Mosby. The case became a high-profile national news story, and then all of the police officers were acquitted in Gray's death based on insufficient evidence. Now Mosby is facing charges herself, two counts of perjury and two counts of making false statements. She's also facing a grand jury investigation into her handling of campaign finances, tax returns, and unpaid taxes. Mosby is accused of failing to submit the proper paperwork on money withdrawn from her retirement account. It's a big financial mess, and it all erupted after Mosby applied for two loans to buy two different homes. Mosby is one of the district attorneys who received big campaign donations from billionaire George Soros. Soros is a leftist socialist who has used his money to create a lot of strife and division in various cities across the nation, and he's openly spoken about his desire to see the U.S. torn down. A poll from Rasmussen and the Heartland Institute shows that one political party is very inclined to go the tyrannical route when it comes to COVID-19 measures. 48% of Democrat voters were in favor of harsh government restrictions for those who are unwilling to take the vaccine, including that they lose custody of their children. 55% of Democrats want the government to fine those who refuse to take the shot. Only 19% of Republicans like that idea. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is now in the t-shirt and trolling business. The governor is offering campaign merchandise that includes a graphic t-shirt with the theme, Escape to Florida. It has a lockdown libs tour showcased on the back of that shirt with a list of all the Democrats who have vacationed in Florida, maskless and free, while they lead in states with heavy lockdown policies for everyone else. One of the lines on the t-shirt is, we don't blame you, we like freedom too. And then it has the governor's signature. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss out on Phil Williams on Right Side Radio as he states that perspective is everything. Here's the thing. 
Yesterday on the show during my Right Side Way, I talked about something I call bulletproof influence. The idea that we should be able to have an influence in our personal world, no matter how big or small, that is built on confidence. But to have bulletproof influence, you have to first be bulletproof. You have to know your perspective. You have to know where you stand and why. I say this a lot, but I only do so because it matters. The attacks on our senses and sensibilities is not going to ease up. If anything, it's going to increase. Our opposition in the public arena has an entirely different perspective. Their worldview is skewed. They see things we don't see, and they see them in different directions than we do. And that's okay, I guess. And on the one hand, they're allowed to have the luxury of their own opinions, but they are not allowed to have the luxury of their own facts. If we do not share their liberal perspective, their liberal worldview, that is also our right, but we have to be more fully and capably prepared and willing to know and to exercise our rights. Perhaps more so than ever before, really. We become bulletproof when we steep ourselves in the depths of what it is that we believe. Ask yourself, okay, here's what I believe, but why do I believe it? If you can't talk yourself through it, then you need to do some work. Now, if this show does anything at all, and I hope that it has in the last seven months, I hope that we are meeting our original goal of providing you with the four E's. We call it the educate, enlighten, empower, and entertainment piece. I hope we're giving you a perspective that gives you more to take to the fight. Because liberals, they do not share our perspective. They see ghosts where we don't see ghosts. Perspective affects everything. Are you prepared for the debate? You can find more of Phil Williams at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying the Daily Detail and want to make sure you're notified of these reports on your electronic device, well, you can do so by subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow, and I look forward to updating you there. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 